Hey guys, it's Chris from Chaos Movies. Um, I really wanted to touch base. It's only been a couple of days since my last podcast and I wanted to do a different one. I've been doing some action movies lately and um, this one is pretty, it's a pretty, it's, it's a good movie for me. I mean, I everyone has got some sort of, um, everyone resonates to this type of movie um, or novel because it was written by someone who's <laughs> dealt with this work quite a bit it's a movie called the best of me so it's a it's 2014 it's a drama rom romance movie it um it was written by nicholas sparks which um everyone knows nicholas sparks dives into uh quite a lot of this type of work with movies or books in the past um safe haven uh, Last Song, Dear John, Notebook, Walk to Remember, that type of movie. You know, the movies where they've got a romance connection with some sort of um, death or catch-up or whatever. It's it's just one of those movies. So he's 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 got some skill with this type of stuff. It always touches on you when you watch his movies. You think, wow, I've been there. I feel that. Or I, 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 I love that kind of stuff. And... I probably enjoy Walk to Remember the most, in my opinion. A lot of girls and guys also prefer The Notebook. Uh, the last song with Miley Cyrus and Greg Kinnear <clears throat> was also good. Um, Julianne Huff and Josh Demel in Safe Haven was, was good too. But this one, I really enjoy this because... I love the connection between um, co-stars James Marsden and Michelle Monaghan. As I've said before in my previous cast, some actors, they do a lot of movies and then as they get older, they start getting better. And when they're casted in the correct role, it, it sort of shines a light on them. <clears throat> and in this movie, they play the older selves um, at some point in the movie where they you know, get to when they're younger, they, they're played by two different actors. Uh, Luke Bracey, which is a young fella, well, younger fella from Australia. He's, he's been in a few movies. Um, Liana Liberato, she plays the young Amanda. Um, she's been in a few movies. Didn't, didn't really look her up. Not relevant for my story. Um, the director of this movie is Michael Hoffman. He, he doesn't have a massive um, career from, from what I've seen. Uh, he's done couple directorial movies uh, a couple of productions writing all that kind of stuff but the only one that points out is Midsummer Night which uh, was a 1999 film uh, starring a huge amount of people um, Michelle Pfeiffer uh, whatever go look it up I don't remember it that much I was born in 82 um, but it probably wasn't something that I wanted to watch so if you haven't seen Best of Me, this movie has a lot of twists and turns, a lot of back and forward from uh, past to future um, to give you a narrative that you can understand and a love story that you can evolve with. So it's basically the plot is high school sweethearts. I mean, that's, that's, that's what they tell you. They'd say like, oh, high school sweethearts who reconnect in the future. I'm like, fucking bullshit. You're missing out the purest part. They're high school sweethearts, but they want you to 
watch the movie and figure out that they're both from the wrong side of the tracks, right? Or sorry, he's from the wrong side of the tracks, she's from the rich side of the tracks, which is a general, not a cliche, but a general um, narrative storyline for rom-com type, uh, not rom-com, uh, drama romance movies where they'll either put him on the wrong side of the tracks because it's easier and the girl from the rich side, so she's got to, I think they Mate, Nicholas Sparks did it in Notebook. Uh, same things there. Uh, but, you know, they mean well and the story plays. So we'll play it on. The The coolest part about Nicholas Sparks that I found is that he likes to interject a lot of his kids. Um, he's got five kids uh, to a marriage that lasted 25 years. And then for some reason, I haven't dug in too much, but didn't last. And he uses the names of his kids in, in some of his movies. I didn't really write down most of them, but the one that I noticed was from Walk to Remember, a character called Landon. Um, Landon is the name of his third son, and it's played by a character called Shane West in Walk to Remember, who acts alongside Mandy Moore. And that's pretty cool, you know, when you're going to make a movie, family business, might as well put your, use some of your kids' names in there just to, just to, just to play with the story a little bit. Um, the one thing, Nicholas Sparks has some tragedy in his in his past life. I think his mum died in a horse riding accident. His dad died in a car accident and his sister died of some form of cancer all before the age of 34. That's a similar oh, history to Keanu Reeves. I mean, you think of the stories Nicholas Sparks has made in his books and written, they come from a pure point. Um, yes, they are romance, but they've got turmoil and stuff like that. Um, and Keanu Reeves, he's, he's lost several people in his life and, and somehow just seems to be a hum. It seems to humble these two or a lot of people who've gone down this road sort of brings you back to earth when you realize what you have and what you don't need, materialistic bullshit and whatnot. And Nicholas seemed to find his passion in writing. Um, Keanu Reeves obviously is found his passion in money's not everything, but it's going to get me where I need to go in terms of directing. I will make a podcast about several of Keanu's Reeves. He's a huge, I'm a huge fan of his, um, of his movies and his choreography, his direction, his screenwriting, uh, his motorcycle club, everything. So let's not go into that. That's, that's my boy. I'm going to save him for later. So this movie stars two, two I've mentioned earlier, two of my favorite characters in, in, this day and age is James Marsden, Mr. Cyclops, X-Men. Michelle Monaghan, she's been in several movies. Um, Luke Bracey, Liana Labrado, and Tuck, who is a character name of um, Gerald. Oh, sorry, Tuck is the character. The actor is Gerald McCarthy. And he's from movies, just simple movies like Focus and The A-Team. Um, nothing, nothing too special. I liked this movie for where it was set. Uh, there was, mate, the scenery was pretty cool. I talk about that a lot in my movies. It seems to really resonate with me when the movie's set in environments that I don't normally see, right? Because we're in Australia here and and I'm near the beach and we're also near the hinterland, but our type of scenery is just totally different. This this scenery there in a lot of um, oh, like river systems with with trees overhang with lake houses and or creek houses or whatever and 
it's it's really calming, but it gives you that that feel of um, the 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 rich and the poor, or the well, the poor being Dawson, which is the character name of um, James Marsden. His dad seems to be some sort of well, they call him like a backyard hick, but I'm assuming he's some sort of moonshine distribution dude or drugs or whatever probably evolves throughout the movie of what they sell but Dawson obviously is meant for something bigger like a lot of people in this world seem to feel that they are they're meant for something more than what they've told they're supposed to be or what their family business is supposed to be but in this movie he obviously branches out and that's when he you know stumbles across Tuck who is an old war vet who you know was married and and whatnot takes him in at some point. He's good with his hands. Um, Dawson picks cars and stuff like that. And, you know, he's got cousins who are sort of integrated with the normal school world, um, work at like a like a little fast food joint, and that's when they come into contact with with Amanda's uh, younger self, um, played by Liana. And she's attractive as hell. And he's, you know he's good looking in this movie. You know, they didn't really set that up too well. They picked a guy who was, Looks rough, but he's good looking, right? I mean, that you can't deny that. That that's sort of that's sort of a bit hard because you know that was going down when you saw maybe the credits or the the, the advertising or the the trailer or whatever. So yeah, it starts out as girl stranded with a car, and he helps her out mechanically, and that's it. And and she's a tough exterior and plays plays hard to get, and he falls in falls into it and. That's it. It's like instant. I mean, if you've ever been in love once, I mean, I definitely, definitely have. And you know that feeling when you watch movies like this. That's why it resonates with you because you know that feeling of when they they find it and they get it and they set the scene and you just believe it. That's one thing we want in movies, like I've talked before, with realism. Um, you do want that in, in rom movies as well. You want something that's going to go, I've been there, I understand that and I feel that and that's great okay, what's next? Like, give us a, give us the layout. And the, of course, there's always the, the, the honeymoon stage you would call where they just, they're just completely in love and all that. And then you've got the girl who's from that side of the tracks where she's got a protective daddy and she sees, she sees what's happening to her and, you know, tries to bargain. I'm sure there's plenty of movies out there where the dad's tried to pay off the boyfriend to go away from his beloved daughter so she could have a career because it's going to affect her. And of course he just resorts back to his usual deal and yeah so but it's weird because they play to his strength so the dad's got like all these cool cars and he's mechanically minded so he's just like oh fuck that's a sick car and that's all good and he's like oh you know your cars like like he's some sort of idiot and i think that was for our benefit just to sweeten the deal the dad's got a collection of cars so let's bring him in offer him the cars the drink and say how about i pay you 50 million fucking thousand dollars to get away from my daughter you know full well when you are infatuated with someone, you're not going to take the money. That's, I mean, I know it's a Hollywood thing, but you really aren't because it doesn't going to, it's not going to end well for you. Problem with movies is when the guy does take or doesn't take the money, they don't run to the girl straight away. I know that that's where the story is supposed to go, but literally run to her and say, "Man, your dad's a dick. He tried to give me cash. He tried to give me a check. I ain't taking it because you know I love you." And then hot scenes, you'd just have brownie points forever doesn't happen in this movie obviously he resorts back to his quiet self and says i don't deserve you and she's like yes you do and blah 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 and 
that's it. And then, you know, the rest of it sort of goes on where it sort of sets them up to become this, this real cool couple. But you know something's coming. As I've said in my previous cast, there is always spoilers. I don't give a shit. I'm telling a story, my story, and I just want you guys to go, yeah, yeah, I, mate, I hear you, bro, man. I think exactly what you do, whatever. Or come out and go, I haven't seen it. Press stop now. That's it. I don't care. But in this movie, what I love about it is Tuff's, uh, Tucker's just crazy ex-military or ex-war veteran kind of exterior and the the town psychopath in uh, Dawson's dad who, you know, wants his son back because he likes control, right? So he needs his son back. He needs all his sons. He's already got two under his wing. Needs the third one back. So that's where they cross paths. There's a whole prom thing coming up or, you know, formal, uh, school formals I call in Australia. So that's where it all gets interesting. And this is where we start. We start looking into the future, uh, which they've already started off in the start of the movie, was when um, Dawson, uh, played by James Marsden at the time, gets blown off an oil rig because that's where he works in the future, blows off an oil rig, lands in the water after saving several people, and he should have died on impact or just freezing cold water, but something kept him alive. Everyone these days, COVID and all, COVID's done a lot of weird things to people, me as included. I'm huge in the podcast now and this is what I love to do. And COVID's done a lot of weird things and um, and um, it made us question what does the universe have to offer for us? So I suppose in this case, when Marsden hits the water and he's there for a while, he starts doing the flashback thing that <laughs> a lot of movies seem to do. Uh, so call it a... a, a a vision of your past and where you may have gone wrong and your doubts, your guilts and all that kind of stuff. And in this case, I suppose it has a lot to do with at some point during the movie, which you'll watch when you watch it, you'll find out that he, he obviously has a bit of an issue with his, with his father and the drug business. And before uh, prom, his cousin who was with him, was going to go sort out his father because his father lost his shit on Tuck because, you know, he wanted his son back and Tuck wouldn't give him up. And, you know, so they beat the shit out of him. And then when that happens, you know, he's torn, right? I mean, he's torn between this guy who's shown him a way to live and made him made it possible so he can meet this girl who loves him. And, and then he's all of a sudden dragged back into this bullshit life of his dad and his uh, moonshine friggin' business and wants to go take it out. But, that's where death follows him, right? So this is the general case that they make in a lot of movies. You, purest of heart, you're going to have a fight with someone that you hate. But during that fight, someone innocent is always going to get injured. And in this case, it turns out to be his cousin. And um, he gets sentenced to prison for that. And she, Amanda, wants to wait for him. And he's like, you're too good for me. And you know, go on and live your life, do uni, do whatever. And she doesn't want to have a bar of it, but he eventually makes it so that that happens. So that's where we, we get into the point of down the track, oil rig, James Marsden and Michelle Monaghan's married with kids in the future with a, a dickhead fucking husband who hedge fund looking boy, um, you know, uh, accountant type, I guess you could say for this movie purpose, that's what he looks like. And, 
he obviously has conversations which are based around financials and she's got a son. That's the only reason why she's there. She's unhappy, but she's got a son and she's doing what's right and she's a paralegal or whatever it is. And James Marsden was on the oil rig. And then, of course, when they both come, when they both um, surface, well, Tuck passed away. Um, as I said, spoiler alert, whatever, deal with it. Um, <laughs> they get a letter and that brings them back. And this is where the story gets really good for me is because this is where if you resonated with what you had in the past in your younger days of love and lust and whatever, you're going to resonate again as an adult, whoever is looking for this type of thing again, or gets to experience it again, or is like, what's missing in my life? Because these two put it on the screen, Michelle Monaghan and James Marsden throw it out there. The chemistry is great for me. I thoroughly enjoyed these two together. Um, Marsden just suits the name Dawson. I mean, Monaghan with Amanda. I mean, Amanda's pretty universal, but Dawson, as a young boy, he looks like a Dawson. As an older boy, he definitely looks like a Dawson, right? I mean, that's that's good. I don't know how that gets chosen, but it's certainly something that I liked. And obviously, there's a will and everything gets thrown out there and you can tell they're not really comfortable in each other's things but there's unfinished business right there's a, there's always unfinished business things that we haven't said things we haven't done and in this movie they they explore that a little bit and obviously tuck gives them a narrated letter and in his accent which always sets the tone and scene and sort of like someone's dictating you guys should be together because shit went sour in the past so work it out because that's what i'd do and he'd be like yes sir gotcha let's do it but that's easier said than done because there's a lot of shit between the two of them. Don't forget, Marsden's dad's still lingering and, and uh, there's a kicker. They really do well in making everyone look a little bit older. Obviously, Marsden's dad um, in the movie, uh, Dawson's dad, same guy from the earlier versions. They just put his hair in a ponytail, make it a little bit grey, put some specks on him, but... One kicker, the boy that was his cousin that got shot in the head while he was arguing with his dad before he went to prison, he has a son who ends up obviously getting involved with his dad's business. So that's the that's that's the that's the thing. Marsden thinks he's got an obligation because um, he's responsible for the death of this kid's dad, and now he's got to save him too from his the grasp of his actual father in evil ways and so that's uh that's that part and with michelle monaghan back tuck leaves them a note saying that they've got that lake house and i'm sorry i've let it get a little bit overgrown so how about you two take a little picnic out there take one car because that always works and go start cleaning up and spread my ashes because that's my wish you know full well tuck is setting the shit up he wants those two motherfuckers to get together because it's just the way Destiny's supposed to be, right? The movie is playing you into that position. The I don't want to go into any more detail because obviously I give a lot and I like to give a play-by-play, but I just think that this is, this is a really good movie. Nicholas Sparks has been writing so many books, but in my opinion, I like this one because character choice, uh, love connection, and um, obviously narrative story all that kind of stuff plot whatever 
it really it really gets me and every time I watch it I like I get it and the kicker at the end which I'm not giving away it's kind of heartwarming you know I mean these days we kind of like these even though this movie's six years old it don't matter you can revisit a movie anytime you want that's how movies work um just don't take them as a reality in terms of holy shit uh, I wish my life was more like a movie or I'm going to live my life like a movie and it doesn't turn out and then everything goes pear-shaped. Just watch a movie for what it is. Enjoy it as some movies are stupid. Just entertainment value, something to take the take the load off the incredible hard day that you had. Uh, light entertainment. Watch a whole series of Friends. Watch a whole series of How to Meet Your Mother, Dawson's Creek, whatever. Just mindless entertainment to get you through. But when you want something to give you a couple of tingles, it's not hard to find a Nicholas Sparks movie. A book, you want to read a book, What read a book, audio book, whatever. But a movie, add some characters to a good storyline and it'll help you out. Just don't turn it into reality because we make our own reality. And if COVID's done one thing this year, sort of made us all a little bit more down to earth. Um, for good or for bad, doesn't matter if a lot of people may have lost their jobs or, or moved on found new jobs, found new meaning, um, scratch the surface of something else that they've probably been trying to do and just going, you know what, fuck it. COVID's made me think and I'm going to do it. That's what I mean. Don't take movies to reality. I just I just enjoy them for what they are and, and the best of me is it's up there. So as always, thanks for listening. This is Chris from Chaos Movies. I will be back to make another one. You can fucking count on that. Take it easy, peeps.